Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. You can pull me down a little bit. I'm loud. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Glory to God. We are going to start this morning talking about hunger. How much hunger do we really have? Pastor, one of his iconic, can we say it that way, uh, messages uh, with, uh, when he was speaking with Brother Hagin's ministry. Um, if you haven't ever heard How Hungry Are You, it's on YouTube right now. You can go find it. It is a powerful thing of God. When, it, when Pastor us began to understand the transition from just being a part of it um, and observing what people were doing out of hunger to actually participating in hunger himself. <laughs> and I think there was a lot of dancing in that, which is not the plan this morning, but the Holy Ghost is free to move. Please turn with me to Matthew 5, 6. We're going to start there. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Now, clearly, we are the righteousness of God in Christ. We already have righteousness. We already are righteousness. We've been given the righteousness of God, not, not any lesser righteousness. I don't know that there's such a thing as lesser righteousness. We have the righteousness of God. We are the righteousness of God. But the principle here is hunger and thirsting after the things of God. And how much do you hunger for the things of God? Don't answer it yet. Let's do an honest assessment first. Because we tend to just respond to amen all the time. Quickly, are we responding out of what's actually in our hearts, which is, you know, quite possible? Or are we just responding because we know that's the response we're supposed to make here? Or if it's just something rote, is it really coming from the inside of you, the real inside of you that is the righteousness of God? Is that where the hunger is coming from? Because if you're in touch with who you are actually on the inside, your recreated spirit, you are going to be hungry. You're always going to be hungry for the things of God. That's the way it works. But the question really is, I guess I could say it this way, are you, are you in the same place you were last year? Or are you in the same place you were five years ago? Are you any different? Is it different for the better? This is the one area where we can judge ourselves. Like, judge yourself. Find out if you're operating in the hunger that you have in, in your spirit. If you're honest with yourself, then you'll be able to continue to improve. If you're not honest with yourself, you can stick in the same place year after year, season after season, not pressing forward. And you can look the right part and still never progress. And looking the part doesn't matter. Um, the Holy Ghost said to me, I think it was late last year, uh, when I was trying to fiddle with the buttons on my coat, said, don't worry about natural things. I don't care about natural things. It's not the natural things. Go after the spiritual things. And that's really true. Don't, like, yes, we have a revelation of excellence, but don't, don't go after the natural things. That's not, that's not the point. Be excellent. We have the revelation. Continue in excellence. Don't pursue natural our pastors are a blessing. Amen. 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 The, teaching, the, the teaching coming forth this year has been, um, I think, wild for a lot of people. The pastor said he could smell the brakes from 485. <laughs> but it's, it's a revelation as we go in deeper and deeper into the true things of God as, we, as he has hungered so much we pick up that mantle and continue to hunger ourselves. We're going to find out that there are more and more things we've just accepted that aren't actually in the Word of God, or things that we have accepted that are in the Word of God, but we've turned them into a tradition of men. Like, you know, to 
go back to the joke of communion. <laughs> Having a wafer and a glass of juice is not what they did, even when they were doing it. That's not part of it. That's Catholic. We just picked it up from them, you know, and we, we continued it. We made it a little bit better. But, but the reality is, it's the remembering Jesus, but the acts weren't, weren't biblical, and so we, need, we can get farther and farther away from the traditions of men and more and more to the pure word of God. Our pastors are a blessing. We've had the lineage of Kenneth Hagin. We've been blessed to sit under a teaching that is far deeper than most people have ever heard, most Christians have ever heard. I don't know how many churches y'all have been in. I, I think a lot of us came out of different places, but there is a lot of fluff, if anything, out there that's being taught all the time, and it's, they're walking in the light they know, but they're also operating, moving to the lowest common denominator. We don't do that here. Our pastors don't do that here, and thank God our calling is to rise up and take our rightful place, and rising up is continually going to rise up. You can't coast uphill, and that's foundational truth here because we're always going to go uphill. It's not slowing down. It's, it might get steeper and steeper, but we have the engine to keep going. The engine is hunger. If you do not go after the things of God, you won't get the things of God. That's a simple statement, right? If you do pursue the things of God, you're going to get the things of God. Showing up here at Grace Christian Center is a good start. It's harder to play church here than it is at most places, but it's not impossible, right? You could show up here week after week, month after month, year after year, and not actually dive into the depths of the things you're supposed to do, which is in part what I was doing for years and years. It was trying to do the things of God, trying to fit the mold of Grace Christian Center, and the mold here is the greatest mold there is that I've ever seen, which is a mold of excellence, which is a mold of rising up, but you can still fit into the mold and not go all the way to the level where you are, where God is calling you to go. Don't play church. It's time that we don't play church anymore. I don't know, I'm not calling anybody out, but I'm saying it's time for us to rise up and find, and do an honest assessment. If you're just showing up, if you're just showing up because that's what you do, that's what you've always done, if you're just showing up because that's what your family did or what's expected of you or because you have some sort of duty here, we're not called to be a just show up church. We're called to be a rise up church and that's an entirely different thing. Let's go to Acts 17.10. I want to talk about some people that know how to rise up and what to do about it and how to show that they're hungry. So Paul had been with his crew. I think it was Timothy and Silas may have been there with him as well. And they were in Thessalonica. They were ministering in the synagogue of the Jews there. And Paul, that's where Paul went. He reasoned with them out of the scriptures, it says in verse 2. But uh, some were believing, the Greeks were believing, but then some of the Jews were against him. And like what usually happened with Paul, they ran him out of town. So Paul headed off to Berea. And in verse 10, it says, And the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night unto Berea, who coming thither went into the synagogue of the Jews. So in Berea, verse 11 says, these were more noble than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. So that's the two things we need to do here. When we get brand new information, when there's brand new revelation coming from the pulpit, that revelation that pastor has or Pastor Cheryl has or any minister at the pulpit has is not 
your revelation until you take a hold of it, right? It doesn't do for you the same thing that revelation will do for the person who has the revelation. The way to get that revelation is to receive it, first of all, with readiness of mind, but then search the scriptures daily to make sure what's being said is true. Don't ever take anybody at their word for it. Take the word at the word for it. You you can't take our pastors at the word for it. Pastor would be upset at us if you took him at his word. Take the word. What you have to do, if you're going to be a Berean, is hear, hear what's said, receive it, don't stop there, search daily. That's what hungry people do. That's what That's what it takes to be hungry. So nobody ever gets great at any profession, any sport, any art, without any concentrated, continued pursuit. You can be naturally talented at something and get away with it. But to be great, all the great basketball players show up at the gym first. They take a 1,000 shots to make sure they're going to be great. All the great artists get up and they paint and they paint and they paint and they paint. The great business people study after the things of business. Your natural talent may be greater than some other people's natural talent, but natural talent is never enough. Not for the greatness of the things of God we're going for. It's the same thing. You don't get, you're not going to get greatness in the things of God. You're not going to get greatness in the word of God if all you're doing is receiving it here. That's not going to do you enough good. You're going to get more here than you get somewhere else, and you can continue to listen and listen and listen and glean more because hearing, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So when pastor starts teaching the Word of God, you're, be, you're going to be able to glean faith from that. You're going to be able to get some faith from that, but you're not going to get anywhere near what you could get by studying on your own. And studying is really the point here. Second Timothy 2 Timothy 2.15, one of the most important verses in the Bible, says, study to show yourself approved, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, approved unto God. Let's say that again. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So study there in the Greek, just in case you all wanted a Greek lesson, is spudadzo, which means to use speed or to make effort, to be prompt and earnest, give diligence, to be diligent, Endeavor, labor, study. So we are spiritual people, and the things of God that we have are spiritual. But you have to do the natural things of study. You have to put forth the effort into studying if you are going to achieve the great things of God. If you are going to be the thing that God has designed for you, you have to put in the effort. You have to put in, you're probably going to have to put in more effort than you're putting in. Not everybody. Some of y'all are doing great. Study doesn't happen haphazardly, and it doesn't happen accidentally. You can glean information and some revelation by hearing other people preach the word over and over again, but it's not going to be really real until you dive in for yourself. I'm going to take a brief commercial break here and just say we are putting up the sermons on YouTube. Um, They're going to be available on podcast as well soon, but currently our podcasts are on YouTube. Um, How many of you all have listened? Praise God. There are 6,000 minutes of listening time. That's pretty good um, in the first month. But it it is going to replace CDs. We are not going to continue to distribute CDs with any regularity. I'm sure there will be some exceptions. We have machines. But in general, we are going to go away from that production. By the end of July, 
this is the idea that we'll, we will transition to you're not having to pay for, I mean, you can still give money to the church, please do, but you're not having to pay for that information. It's going to be available and it's going to be distributable to the entire world. And that, that's really what we, what we want. We have the podcast will be available on all major platforms soon. Currently just YouTube as a podcast. <laughs> Don't be afraid if there's not a picture. Don't be afraid at all because you've not been given a spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind. But don't be uh, concerned if there's, not, if there's not a picture. It is really just a podcast at this point. Continue to feed on that. Feed on, listen again, because uh, one of the, my great benefits now is I'm the person putting together the podcast. So I get to cut out all the ums and the ahs and the coughings. Some of us need to read Christ the Healer before we come in. <laughs> because there's a whole lot of coughing that goes on. And pastor's microphone, which is the one I'm using right now, picks it up pretty quickly. If I turn this hair, my head this way, I can hear y'all talk 15 feet away. So that's going to be picked up in the microphone too. So I'm saying respond when pastor says something with bold amens, but clear your throat out in the lobby before you come in. <laughs> Hallelujah. So let's talk about study. You are what you eat. That's natural and spiritual. You cannot fill up on the things of the world and expect to move in the things of God. Your thinking is going to be out of whack because your thoughts are primarily derived from what your senses tell you to think. You must tune out wrong information and attend to the good stuff. You employ your, major, your two major gates, your eyes and your ears, in the service of the word of God. And you can't will the error out. You can't accidentally get, get to the truth. You have to put in the truth, and that truth in you is going to get the error out. And when I say you are what you eat, filling up with the things of the world, how much time do you spend in the Word compared to how much time do you spend on natural things? I'm not talking about eating and sleeping and time with your family. I'm talking about Netflix. I'm talking about what music you're listening to. I'm not saying it's bad to watch Netflix or the music or what sports you're playing, any, any of that. What video games? Do people still play video games? Yes, they do. So all, the, all of the time, what, what are you spending your time doing? Are you spending your time on the Word of God? Are you spending your time on the things of God? Or are you spending your free time, your, your time on fluff? Should you spend some time on fluff? Yeah. You don't have to press in all the time, and you can get tired pressing in all the time. And I think Kenneth Hagin watched football. Sometimes he watched multiple sports at the same time, from what I hear. I never got to meet him. I will in heaven. Hopefully that's soon, but I mean Jesus' return. I'm not going anytime soon. And y'all don't either. Nobody go. We're staying. Let's all stay. Let's make a pact to now. <laughs> Just kidding. You've got to fill up on the Word of God. You've got to fill up on the things of God. You've got to press in for the things of God. We have a great library of things of God here. We have a great library of messages that have come out there. But there's a whole lot of truth out there of the things of God that people are preaching around the world. Is there error? Yeah. All right, do you need to spit out the stubble? Yeah. Do you need to spit out the stubble in, <laughs> even in the circles that we, we rotate? And yeah, there's, there's going to be some error. We're pressing in to get rid of it. But go after the deep things of God. Keep pressing in. Keep pressing in. And you're going to find that you get greater and greater revelation. Uh, let's go to 2 Timothy 2.4 quickly. There's a lot of good stuff in 2 Timothy, which is this. 2 Timothy 2.4. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. 
So you're not, you know, when somebody's going to war, they're not thinking about, they're not hanging out with the stuff back home. They're, they are entangling themselves with war. We're at war. Jesus won. The enemy is defeated, but we wrestle not with flesh and blood. Like we are still wrestling with the powers, principalities, rulers of darkness. We have the victory over them. We always win. It's not a lack of winning, but they're not, they're not not here. We still have to do that. So you must saturate your thoughts with the word of God. This is what hunger is. If you want to live deeper, if you want to live hungry, if you want to transform your life, you have to spend enough time in the word of God and in prayer. How much time's enough? There isn't an answer. There's no set standard. That's not something you can, be achieve, you can achieve by a reading schedule or program. It's really just a question of how hungry you are. Reading programs are man's wisdom. The standard God set for Joshua as the newly appointed leader of Israel in Joshua 1 was do not let the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night. Meditate means mutter, saying it to himself over and over again. The result of this would be that Joshua would make his way prosperous and he would have good success from dealing wisely. Joshua was required to refresh himself with the law and say it over and over and over all the time. We're not under the law of Moses. You can't spend your days and nights muttering the law. It wouldn't do you any good. Jesus completed the law. He fulfilled the law. But the principle remains the same. If you want to transform your life, you have to put in the time. If you want big muscles, you have to go to the gym, not once, not twice, all the time. You have to continue. You have to stick with it. And when you stick with it, it's like compound interest. It's the same principle with this spiritually. It's line upon line, precept upon precept. Here a little, there a little. It doesn't go away. It continues to build up and build up and build up. And as we build up and build up and build up in the things of God, we get rid of the things that aren't God. You have to choose to get rid of the things that aren't God, but that's what we're doing right now. Pastor's calling isn't going to slow down, Amen. right? To, to cause God's people to rise up. We're not, we aren't risen up. It's not ca- cause God's people to rise up to a certain level and stop there. It's to cause God's people to rise up. That's a continual rising up, and we're going to continue to do that. So what's going to come from this pulpit is going to be more and more of the shock value things. It's going to be the, the, the getting rid of all the uh, stuff that doesn't belong to us. It's going to be getting rid of all the natural things more and more and more. We're going to eliminate that wisdom of man that's seeped into the church. And we, as we get closer and closer to the purer and purer things of God, hungry people dive in. Can we go to Second Samuel 6? Second Samuel chapter 6, we're going to start with verse 14. This is when David had wanted to bring the ark into Jerusalem. I think he wanted to stop before that and uh, leave it on a um, threshing room floor. That's right when the, the guy who wasn't supposed to touch the ark touched the ark and he died, and David was kind of afraid of it. But after that, they made a parade, really, to bring the Ark of the Covenant into the city of Jerusalem. And so David says, this is 2 Samuel 6, 14, uh, as he's bringing it in, it says, and David danced before the Lord with all his might. And David was girded with a linen ephod. David danced before the Lord with all of his might. He put in all of his effort. 
leading the parade as the king. And what happened, of course, we drop down to verse 20, says, David returned to bless his household, and Michael, his wife, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, oh, how glorious was the king of Israel today, who uncovered himself in the eyes of the handmaids and of his servants, as one of the vain fellows shamelessly uncovereth himself. So David said unto Michael, it was before the Lord who chose me before your dad and before all his house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord over Israel. Therefore, will I play before the Lord. So David's saying, I'm not doing this for you. I'm not doing this for your household. I'm not doing this for the dignity of being the king of Israel. I'm doing this for God who called me and chose me. And he says, he goes on to say, I will yet be more vile than this. I will yet be more vile than thus and will be base in my own sight and of the maidservants which thou hast spoken of, of them shall I be had in honor. So David said, look, I'm, I'm not here to please you. I'm not here to please man. I'm here to press in and please the things of God. He didn't care about looking dignified. How dignified are we trying to look? That's the question I have. Does it really matter? Does dignity really matter? David did the things naturally. We do them spiritually, but the abandon is the same. He went whole hog after the things of God. Kenneth Hagin said, God can work. He said, I'd rather have a little wildfire than no fire, right? God can work with wildfire. He can't work without fire. If, if we're, praise God. He can, he can work with it. If we press in, even if we're getting it wrong, even if we're not doing all the things the right way, if we're pressing in hungry for the things of God, he is going to be able to use that and to take us further than we could ever ask or imagine. We have a greater knowledge here at Grace Christian Center than most people do. But we can't allow greater knowledge to, uh, to put, us in a, put us in the judgment seat and let us decide whether people are hungry or not. Like seeing someone in uh, ripped jeans leading worship. If we dismiss them out of hand, it's not good. There are two kinds of people that wear ripped jeans. I know, there are only two kinds. There are those who are saying, look at me. And there are those who just don't know any better and are looking at God. How do you decide who's who? Well, the answer is found in Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. That's where we're going. That's what we need to do. That's what we have to do. Where's your heart? What are the intents of your heart? I know where your heart is because you're the recreated, your recreated spirit, your heart, is hungry for the things of God. Are you allowing the natural trappings of the world to hinder you from pursuing the greater things of God? Do you care what people think? And I don't mean, I don't mean world people. Do you think, care what people in here think? Are you stuck on trying to make sure that you don't sing a wrong note on the platform or you don't want to be out of line by shouting amen at the wrong time. Mel and I met doing theater, which was awesome, and the stage was gigantic. It was 300 feet wrapped around. It was 100 feet on each side of the stage and another 100 feet across. And it was this massive stage up in Pennsylvania. They did biblical epics. Don't worry, it was godly. But when you, when you were on stage from the back of the house, you looked just itty bitty teeny tiny and nobody has you know they didn't have the opera glasses they weren't um, coming in close to us so 
we were told, be as big as possible. Like, do your motions in a ridiculous way, like you would never do that in real life. But you, as you did bigger and bigger motions, they were able to see it from the back of the house. You, as an actor, in that sense, were trying to communicate to those people. The director said, give me, give me everything you got, and I'll, I can pull you back from there. It's the same principle. If you start small, it's going to be tugging, 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 trying to, get, trying to get you to get big. If you start big, if you go whole hog, if you shout amen at the wrong time, it's okay. Shout amen at the wrong time. I can edit it out in the podcast. It's all right. But shout, shout amen. Do press in. If you get it wrong, you're never going to get in trouble for getting anything wrong in hunger. You might get corrected. You might get corrected. You might say, hey, that, was, that wasn't the right time to do it, but you're not going to get in trouble for it. If you are pursuing the things of God, you're going to be honored by God. So get over yourself. I'm not advocating ripped jeans, just to say that. What I'm saying is look at the heart. Get inspired by the heart of true worshipers. There are true worshipers in ripped jeans that don't have the revelation don't hold that against them. See what they're doing. Go after that same kind of revelation and wear your nice suits, bow ties, appropriate length dresses. Hunger is patient. It may sound counterintuitive, but hunger is actually patient. And often it is slow to move. Why is it, why is it slow to move? Because hunger isn't for the things God has promised you. That's not true hunger. True hunger is for God. And if you are moving with God, you're not going to run out and get out ahead of him. You're not going to go on and do the things he's promised to you or he said to you. There are things in your heart. There are dreams and desires that you want to see come to pass. Those things are probably put there by God. I mean, the word desire means of the Father, right? God put things there that you want in your heart. Can you bring them to pass yourself? No. No, you can't. You can, you can get close, you can do something that looks a whole lot like what God has promised you if you do it on your own, but that's how Abraham got Ishmael. Don't rush things and take the time to be developed. I heard somebody saying the other day that, that uh, a, a 20-year-old feels like, oh, I'm, I should know what I'm doing by now. I should be able to jump on my life path at this point. And they may be getting pressure from outside forces, from Uncle Joe or whoever is saying, like, well, what are you going to do with your life? You're 20 now. You better decide. Well, Uncle Joe doesn't know what he's doing with his life, and he's 63. Don't feel the pressure. At 20, you're a baby. At 30, you're a baby. At 42, you're a baby. Like, <laughs> I see people younger than me uh, the same way that people older than me see me. I know how this works. It's going to continue to work that way right? Don't rush it. Jesus may be coming back tomorrow. You're not going to be able to accomplish all the things that are in your heart in one day anyway, so don't try to do it. Allow God. Don't jump in ahead of time. Don't get out there and mess up the image God has, the plan God has for you, where you have to retool. God's calling is without repentance. It's not going to stop you from achieving the things of God, but it could slow you down, and you don't want that. It's not worth it. It's not worth rushing in. It's not worth going in the wrong direction. Take it slow. Take it slow. Stay with God. First Timothy 3.1. 
says, this is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. Verse 6 says, uh, it goes through some qualities that he needs to have, but verse 6 says, one of those major qualities is not a novice, lest being lifted up with pride, he fall into the condemnation of the devil. I would also say that novices don't know what they're doing in general, and it's, it's easy to mess things up and hurt yourself and feel bad about it. When I first got to the church and they, I got on the platform right away, I made a whole lot of mistakes in front of everybody. And it was a trying time for me because I was a novice in a position where God wanted me, but I was in there too early. I had to learn on the job. It, I wasn't put there too early, but I was, I was not in a position to do what I needed to do. It took me 15 years to get close to that position now that I'm understanding how to do it. Um, and it took hunger. That's the real answer. It takes the hunger of the things of God and the maturity not to rush into them and to not get your feelings hurt. When you're hungry for God, you don't run out ahead of God. You stay beside him. You realize that the most important thing, the greatest pursuit is to be with him right in the center of his will. He's going to promote you. He'll make a way for you even when there doesn't seem to be any kind of path at all. You don't have to see the path. You don't have to know all the steps and the details. It says God calls the end from the beginning, right? Isaiah 46.10, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, the things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do my pleasure, right? What, what was one of the things? Ephesians 1.4 says, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. This is the beginning, right? In the beginning, he chose us. Did he give the details? Did anybody know how that choosing us was going to happen? We knew from Genesis, the beginning of Genesis, that Jesus was going to crush the head of Satan, but we didn't know who Jesus was at that point. We didn't know that there was an Israel. We didn't know any of the details. They weren't given at the beginning. We, we can't operate as though we have all the details. And if you're trying to get the details, you're going to employ your own wisdom, which is lesser, your own thinking, which is lesser, and you're going to get off on a lesser path and go, end up with a lesser result than the thing God really wants for you. He has a path and a plan for each and every one of us that is greater than anything you can ask or imagine, and it's going to be the only thing that feels right in your spirit. It's the only way you're going to feel comfortable. You know, not based on feelings, but there is a, um, I think we've called it a kathunk, is that what we called it? When you you're grinding, you're grinding the gears against each other. You're not quite right. You know you're in the right area, but when those gears finally slip into place, there's a kathunk, and then the rotation happens, and then everything seems to be moving exactly right. I spun my wheels for 15 years trying to accomplish the things of God, not knowing how to accomplish the things of God. Got out of the way, stopped thinking about my own path, just went in for hunger, and almost instantly, God changed everything about our life. It's hunger that did it. Hunger is the only way you're going to get to the things of God. And if you're not pursuing the things of God, if you're pursuing the things of the world, you're never going to be satisfied. 
you'll never, ever, 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 ever be satisfied. You're always going to feel like you're missing something because you are, because there's something you're designed for, something that's greater for you. And God, God has a plan laid out for everybody. God has a path laid out for everybody. And it's the perfect path. It's not like you can come up with something. It's not like God is forcing you on the path, right? He's not forcing you to do things. But if you, if you choose the path of God, if you choose to follow the path of God and say, I'm hungry, hungry for you, I'm just going to go in for anything you've, for whatever, whatever it is you want me to do, that's the thing I want. It's going to be better than anything you can come up with. That doesn't stop when you're 22. That doesn't stop when you're 82. It's a continued driving down that path. So don't be in a hurry. Take your time to be developed. There's no rush. Rushing doesn't make things any better. Do y'all uh, ever hear the, um, is it the, music, uh, the music machine? Way back in the day, there was in the mid-'80s, there was this, uh, it was on vinyl record shows for kids, and there was this snail um, that everybody was mad at because he was moving too slow. And he sang a song. Um, I'm not going to sing it now because I'm not sure it's exactly right. Terry could probably look it up, but don't. Um, don't be in, it says, have patience, have patience. Don't be in such a hurry when you get impatient. I do remember it. You only start to worry. Remember, remember that God is patient too. And think of all the times when others have to wait for you. Something like that. That's, you know, a kid song. But be patient. Don't get in a hurry. Don't get in a hurry with things of God. Hunger for the things of God keeps you right beside the things of God. And when, even when you don't see any chance for the thing you think, any chance for the thing God has laid in your heart. You could be in, in this church looking for your husband, looking for your husband and see there's, there's only like two dudes here and you don't like either of them, right? <laughs> Lauren waited. Look what she got. You know, that's the way it works. Don't get, don't get in a hurry. Don't get in a hurry with anything. So, are you hungry? Or are you just being pulled along with the current here at Grace, with your friends, with your family? Be real. Are you hungry? Are you going to get out in front of the current? Are you pressing in enough to, to be as hungry as it, you need to be here? Don't beat yourself up if you're not. Like, do an honest assessment. <laughs> um, I, I joined a gym a couple of months ago, and I haven't been to the gym in 15 years, something like that, and I was um, significantly weak, is that how you can say it? And there was a, a little old, like, 80-something-year-old, probably Japanese lady who had just done a machine, and I got on the same machine and realized I'm doing the same weight as she is. And it was terrible. I'm better now. I'm getting better, better quickly. Because you improve when you go every day. You don't improve if you go once, right? You have to keep going. You have to go every day. You go every day, right? Every day. It takes, it takes that. I'm better now, but... Um, <laughs> I told Mel I've been uh, I've been working out enough that I'm starting to look like the before picture, <laughs> so that I can get to the after eventually. But this is what it is. Don't beat yourself up. 
I didn't go, oh, I can't do this, so I'm not going to. No, you just, you lift the 20 pounds and you go. And you keep getting better and you keep getting better. And eventually, you're, you know, you're, you are fit again. That's the goal, right? And then you maintain it, then you keep it, then you get, uh, then you increase all the time. Don't beat yourself up. There's no condemnation. There's none. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. Literally, it doesn't matter what you've done. Jesus already did enough. If you were a serial killer, I'm sure none of you are. It doesn't matter. God, Jesus did enough to cover that for anybody. Jesus did enough to cover it for anybody. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you've done. Not in the slightest. It's hunger that changes things. If you are hungry for the things of God, he's not going to hold that against you. There might be natural consequences, but he's not going to hold that against you. You're not going to be truly at rest or at peace if you're pursuing your own path, even if that path is good, even if that path is almost identical to the path that God has laid out for you. But don't beat yourself up if you've been on it. Uh, there's somebody who could have probably beat himself up and didn't. Acts 15, 37 and 38 says, And Barnabas determined to take with them John. So Saul and Barnabas had been together. Barnabas, I think, it, I think John was related. John Mark was related to Barnabas somehow. I'm not entirely sure. Um, but Barnabas determined to take with them John. With them, that's Paul and Barnabas. So uh, let me say this one more time. And Barnabas determined to take with him John, whose surname was Mark. But Paul thought not good to take him with them. Why? Because John had departed from them from Pamphylia and went not with them to the work. So at some point, John had started on the journey with them, made it as far as Pamphylia, and said, mm, I don't want to do this anymore, and he went back. He went home. And so Paul and Barnabas had a big fight, if you want to see that there later in Acts 15, so much so that they parted ways. And it, I don't think there's anywhere that it says that they got back together and they were friends again. It says Paul went with Silas. The rest of his life he was going with Silas. He was going with Timothy. But in 2 Timothy 4.11, Paul says to Timothy, he says, only Luke is with me. And he's, then he says to Timothy, Timothy, who's going to come visit him, take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. So at some point between Acts 15 and 2 Timothy 4, Mark got on the right path and became profitable. So don't beat yourself up if you're not hungry. Honestly assess yourself to see if you are hungry. Don't get satisfied with where you are. Don't ever be satisfied with where you are. Continue to press in deeper and deeper don't beat yourself up and drive in for hunger. The key to effectual, fervent, Holy Ghost-filled, earth-shaking, world-changing life is hunger for the things of God. So I just echo pastor and say, how hungry are you? Well, if you'd come now. Hallelujah. Glory. So it was in our heart to spend a little bit of time in prayer together as a congregation. But before that, I just wanted to read the prophecy that we all received from the Holy Ghost through Pastor Cheryl and Pastor Philip on May 26th because Matt and I were struck the other day with how amazing God is and that with all of this new revelation, it is coming to us because we're hungry and because the pastors are hungry thank God. Thank God for hungry pastors. I mean, can you imagine? 
I don't want to imagine. But the Lord knows all of the fresh revelation that he's been giving us and that it is at times jarring. And he so graciously and beautifully said to us on the 26th, this goes in line with all the revelation and with hunger, ha, 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 saith the Lord, listen, listen and hear with all there is within you to hear from. Listen and comprehend and understand on purpose, saith the Lord. Lean in, don't lean out. Lean in to get all that there is for you, saith the Lord. I'm not holding back from you. I'm giving to you, but you have to be the recipient. You have to lean forward to get all that is coming. All the information, all the revelation, all the knowledge, all the wisdom coming to you all the time from the throne room, saith the Lord. Lean in, receive it. Once you've received it, act upon it. It's yours. Act like it is truth. Act like I told you the truth, saith the Lord, and see what comes to pass in your life. The change that you've been looking for is right there in your action, saith the Lord. I love that picture he gives us of lean forward. If you think about, you've probably all seen movies set back in the time where there was a little orphan boy, like on the streets of London or something, and some benevolent family saw him, and he may not have eaten for days or weeks, hardly anything. And this maybe well-to-do family takes him in, maybe just for the day, just to feed him. And they have a table spread with like an amazing meal. That boy is so hungry, he doesn't care what he looks like. He doesn't care to properly use the right fork. He probably doesn't care the food that's being served. Like, oh, I would rather have had like ham over roast beef. I doubt he's thinking that. And then when he gets to the table, how do you think he's eating? Not politely, really. (laughs) He's leaned over, probably shoveling it in. You know how we've all gotten in the natural hunger, they call it like hangry, like you get so hungry, you know, you have to be nice to people. When you start to get hungry in the natural, other things start to get kind of unimportant to you, and you're really kind of only thinking about food. Am I right? Isn't that true? (laughs) I can speak for myself. Same thing spiritually. It really, really, really is. When you start choosing hunger, when you decide, because I think it's a choice, your hunger will grow to where you're like, oh, I thought I was hungry before, that wasn't anything compared to what I'm, how I'm hungry now. And I feel sometimes now I have so much farther to go. But thank God, I feel like now, I feel like I'm always hungry. And it's almost, it's almost like, my goodness, can I get enough spiritual food to at least feel kind of full or satisfied? But then I heard a quote that Brother Hagen, the prophet Kenneth Hagen quoted, I believe it was Smith Wigglesworth, who said, I'm only satisfied with the dissatisfaction of not being satisfied ever. Always, always hungry for the things of God, and it will change your life. And I do believe that the Holy Ghost is bringing to our attention on purpose to make sure we're not playing church, because it can be very easy to do. But with that being said, 
we love y'all so much. <laughs> Thank you for standing with us for 15 years. I mean, I've been here since I was 11, but as this family unit, you have stood unflinchingly with Matt and me, and you never gave up on us. And we have had, has had opportunity to be a bumpy ride, not between us, but the two of us, you know, as we've grown in the last 15 years. And I'm grateful for y'all because you are hungry or you wouldn't come to Grace Christian Center. But I am telling you, the Holy Ghost and the supernatural has ways. <laughs> when I was in my 20s, I was working for the city of Charlotte in the government center. And right across the street from my office building was a parking deck, but it was full. So I had to walk two blocks from another one early in the morning. And it was around the courthouse and things. And I felt pretty safe. I was about 22. But I felt, would have felt more comfortable being, because I wasn't in fear, but I, was, I would have felt more comfortable being across the street, plus walking two blocks. You know, I just really didn't want to do that at seven in the morning. So someone said, well, it's a year, it's a year waiting list to get a spot in the parking deck. So I was like, okay, that's fair. I'm 22. I just graduated college. I'm the newbie here. Everyone else was, had been there for a while. And then one morning I was walking from the parking deck to the office building and these two men didn't stop me, but said things to me. There weren't a lot of people around and I had, and I just face forward, kept going, walking strongly, but I had an opportunity for fear. So I got to the office and I knew from being raised at Grace, when I got home that night, the devil was going to be very regretful that he had tried to bring fear to me based on what I have learned to do here. So I got it through the day. I went home, made a beeline for my room, shut the door, got the word open, found the scriptures I need and tore in to the situation. And I decided I'm not waiting a year, not from fear, but because the devil had the audacity to make me have to face fear every day, morning and afternoon for a year before my parking place. And I was not going to do that. So I decided, got out of my spirit, I'm getting a parking place now. And in two weeks, they contacted me and said, and I didn't allow fear. I didn't have fear. I walked those two weeks. I walked that thing. And of course, you know, now your guard is up, especially with like spiritually. And in two weeks, they called me and they said, there's a parking place available. And all the people in the office were like, that doesn't ha like, how does that happen? That doesn't happen. How does that happen? And I said, that's my God. That's favor. But what I'm saying is when we take hold together, we don't have to accept the status quo. You don't have to accept the normal way of doing things. When they say, well, it has to be this way or that way, get into the word. And I was, would have been okay with the year until the devil tried to pull that. But I have this belief system that it can be supernatural. I believe that we can all be in agreement that the supernatural. So if y'all want to stand, we'll we'll pray together. Hallelujah. And we'll pray in English and in, in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. So engage, engage your spirits and let's, let's rally together, like dig deep and decide what I did when I went into that room was I am coming out with a result. There will be a wake of change from this season session of prayer and in the word that night when I went into my room that night. So when you go into prayer and into the word, when you go into prayer, the Holy Ghost will take hold together with you. He wants to. 
go in with the attitude of there will be a difference on the other side of this prayer, okay? It's not, it doesn't have to be iffy. It doesn't have to be a question. Now, we, we hook up with the Holy Ghost for God to unfold the how, like, like Matt was saying. I wanted to say like Brother Matt or Mr. Meyer. But like Matt was saying, out of honor, that's where God so beautifully unfolds. He knows the end from the beginning. But let's take hold in a way we're like, we're not coming out of it without a result. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Praise you, God. Thank you, God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Father, we thank you. We worship you. We honor you. We praise you. We glorify you. We glorify you, God. We thank you for your word. We're hungry for your word. We thank you for the Holy Ghost. He is always present to unfold, unveil, and reveal your word. So, Father God, we thank you for him and for the word and for the Lord Jesus. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you have something in your life that you have allowed to just like, oh, well, I'll just wait a year for the parking place. Uh Uh-uh. Stop putting up with it. If there's something in your life that you've been putting up with, put your stake in the ground. Put your foot on the ground. Decide you're going to pray in a way today that you've never, like, there's going to be a difference this time. Pray that way. Start being that kind of a prayer. Be that kind of prayer that anytime you go into prayer, you're like, I'm not coming out unless there's a difference. And I'm not saying you have to see it in the natural. You just know it in your spirit. I'm going in because the Holy Ghost is not going to deny that. He's waiting on us. He's waiting on us to decide. When are you going to get serious about prayer? When are we going to get serious about it? Go in. Go in. And like, I'm not coming out. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying it has to take five hours. It can be five minutes. It can be five minutes, but five minutes of, I'm not, it's not going to be the same. I mean, even, even in prayer, we can play, we can get rote and we can play church. You have to start deciding. Everyone in this room, we all have to start deciding. I'm not going to pray the same as I was praying before. That's part of hunger. That's part of making a difference on the earth. That's part of rising up and taking our rightful place. The body of Christ, the body of Christ the body of Christ doesn't pray like normal people. The body of Christ certainly doesn't pray like some of the denominations. But even at Grace Christian Center, like the Holy Ghost has been ministering to us. Matt said it today. I mean, you can slip into playing church. You really can. We need to shake ourselves and we need to decide. I mean business now. Hallelujah. Thank you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah.